or with puppies they go to chew their toys and now their toy has like poop all over it like it was, yes. that, that's what kept happening with gibbon i was like no and um, are they like the wall yeah i don't know wigan like the walls <laughs> it's a special <laughs> of dog he did. of course he did <laughs> left poop licking marks on the walls <laughs> Welcome to Let's Boop Snoots. Let's Boop Snoots. I'm Haidushka, better known as Heidi. I'm Vero, <laughs> also known as Vero. Veronique. <laughs> Veronique. Veronique. <laughs> so on today's episode, we are going to be talking about the most common complained about behaviors in dogs and how to manage them. And then in the second half of the episode, we are going to talk about body language, doggy body language. Yes. Body language. There's a, there's a lot to to know there and it's kind of that's it's hard to talk about on a show cuz it'd be awesome if you could like watch videos and then like sort of debrief yes. them almost like a play by play like a football like play. Be like so here like we could circle on the screen. <laughs> here you see the ears moving and here you see the blah 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 the and, tail. But, yeah, exactly, but um, I'm actually watching a series on Disney Plus called Dog Impossible and this uh, trainer works with aggressive dogs. And you can really see the body language of the dogs. And he actually points them out. I was going to say, does, yeah, he's does he very break good it down at predicting. For you? Yeah, he breaks it down. And then he's like, okay, um, like frozen, eyes are back, ears are back, and he's going to bite anytime now. And the dog bites. But something like like the, those are obvious ones, but there's other ones that are a little bit less obvious. But, anyways, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get to there. We'll get there. We'll we get, will we'll talk get. about it. So some of the common behaviors that we we decided to choose to talk about in this episode, um, like that people, they get their dog, they do their training or whatever, and then there's just certain things that they can't break or certain things that are happening and they don't understand why. Yes. And so the ones that we chose to talk about today are numero one, poop eating. Number two, fear. So like a different, there's lots to talk about there. Um, accidents in the house, peas and poops uh, in the house and how to stop that. Uh, biting and then barking and then the last one uh the runaway or as i like to call the door dash like when they just take off and you have to be careful every time yes when you open the door all right let's start with the nasty one yes the eating the poop <laughs> eating of the poop um sometimes eating the poop or i've actually read online it's called dine on dung <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Also known as dine on dung. Um, sometimes it's normal when mothers eat their puppy's feces, sometimes to clean it up during the first couple of weeks. That is normal. And as a puppy, sometimes they eat their own poop or others' poop. And that's a behavior that should disappear within a few months. Now, my dog Wiggum, uh, he was he was a dine on dung doggo. He did not do it as a puppy. It started when he was around five or six, which is actually around when he started having uh, like that smell, like his skin issues. Okay. So looking back now, uh, it's probably something with his nutrition. Mm -hmm. 
So there's potential health issues on why your dog would be eating poop, like they might have parasites, uh, diet deficiencies um, in nutrients or calories. Maybe they don't absorb food well enough. And then there's also diabetes, Cushing syndrome, uh, which also makes you hungry, thyroid disease. And you see that in humans too, when you're when you have hyperthyroidism, uh, you're always hungry. Uh, so those are all things that might increase the dog's appetite and also drugs such as steroids. Most common reasons why a dog would eat poop, they're bored, they're alone, anxiety. So if your dog has had some harsh training, uh, they would eat their own poop to get rid of the ev evidence. So if they had an accident in the house, uh, they would just eat it so that you wouldn't see it when you get home. If I eat it, they won't see. <laughs> <laughs> they might smell it on my breath, though. But... Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. They might also be looking for attention. So if you do get home and you see your dog do it or they do it in the yard, don't overreact. Uh, that's what they're looking for. And also... It might smell, and this I never actually thought of. I knew that a mother dog eating their puppy's feces was normal, but I never thought that maybe they would associate it with their mom's smell. Oh. When they're a puppy. It smells like her breath. Oh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yes. And like I said, maybe there's something missing in their diet. Yeah, it could make them very sick, though. Like, I remember um, talking with people about this in vets and stuff like that. So it is like a dangerous behavior that you definitely want to manage. You don't want them eating poop, like, constantly for whatever reason. Like, it's if they're eating it, like, like you either got to correct the behavior or figure out why, like, for all the reasons yeah. that Barrow just mentioned. Yes. So you might need to give your dog some enzymes to help them digest and absorb their food. I read about, and I, I didn't try this on Wiggum, but apparently if you give them meat tenderizer, like on their food, when it comes out, it doesn't taste good. Oh. I was kind of worried that it might do something to his health, mm -hmm. but, or you might have to add some vitamins to your dog's yeah. diet. Yas. Yas. So Gibbon was a poop eater too. Yeah, when we first got them. It uh, and when you talk to other dog owners, I think it's a fairly common one, and and people don't like talking about it. It's super gross. Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants their dog coming in from outside, and you go to pet them or give them a kiss, and then now oh, yeah. like everywhere, like it's so gross. Are they breathing heavily? Like, <laughs> yeah, like right or, in your face. <laughs> or with puppies, they go to chew their toys, and now their toy has like poop all over it. Like, it was, yes. that that's what kept happening with Gibbon. I was like, no. And, um, Are they like the wall? Yeah, I don't know. Wigan like the walls. <laughs> it's a special dog. Of course dog. he did. Of course he did. <laughs> Left poop licking marks on the walls. <laughs> in the in the winter here, we used to call them poopsicles. <laughs> yes, and sometimes that that's how that starts. But it really it's horrifies. like a fun poopsicle. Oh yeah, exactly. And then they get a taste for it, and they can't get enough of it. <laughs> just <laughs> so when Gibbon started doing that, I just like when I started no noting noticing poop on his breath and teeth and poop everywhere. I was like, yeah, absolutely not. And um, uh, again, I don't think it was like diet issues. Like he was gaining weight. He was a very healthy dog. So I just told everybody in the household, all right, guys, this is disgusting and it's not good for him. And so every time we let him out, you have to go out and watch him. And he knew at that point the command, leave it. So the second he went over, it was like, no, leave it. 
And that mm. seemed to break the behavior. He hasn't eaten poop in a while that I know of. At the cottage, who knows? <laughs> yes. Or there might be other types of poop. Apparently. Poop. Yeah. Yep. Rabbit poop. Yep. Rabbit yeah. poop. Delicacy. Cat, cat poop. Cat poop. Yes. Oh my God. They're like a whole box of delicious poop <laughs> treats. Like, especially for me. Yum, yum. Yeah, I used to I re- call the rabbit poop Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> I called them glossettes. <laughs> But um, my sister's in-laws, so they decided they're, they're kind of like a very strange couple, but they were like living on their own. There's a little bit of like mental health issues going on there and stuff. But anyways, but um, they they decided to get a dog, a great companion, something for them to focus on or whatever. So they got this like mini schnauzer. And <laughs> so the mom would cook for the dog like human food so the dog got his human food with them and would eat when they ate i was thinking the dog mom i was like no like the human mom good (laughs) my sister's mother-in-law and um and after dinner she would clean up all the dishes and and once all the dishes were done she would place a mat on the counter and she would place the dog up on the mat and then she would fill the sink with hot water and she would wipe off his face and wipe his paws every paw and then wipe down his tail and even wipe his little bum <laughs> his little wow. anus like each time <laughs> and when she, when like they were very obsessively clean people, like super germaphobe, obsessively clean people. And um, when that dog started eating poop, she was like, nope, and returned it to the breeder. Oh, wow. That was like a Aww. hard, that was a hard no. So you, you need to know that dogs do have a, ver- a variety of disgusting behaviors. Poop eating is a big one. Like I said, if you talk to other dog owners, you're going to find it's very, very common. So if it's something that you're, th- that is a hard stop for you. <laughs> then I would either monitor it right from the beginning so that that's not a behavior that you have to tolerate or um, don't get a dog. Yeah. (laughs) Because they're poop eaters. They're. Yeah. A lot of them. Yeah. I think there's breeds that might be more prone to that though. You think? Um, I don't know about that. Yeah. I don't know. You think breeds that are more trainable with food compared to dogs that are more that don't really care about treats might be less prone to yeah, poop I'm eating. Not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. Cause like, like, cause the it, reasons for it isn't, doesn't indicate that that would make a difference, but yeah, it could be like, if they're more food obsessed, you think they might be more yeah. prone to poop eating? Yeah. Possibly, possibly, hmm. possibly. All right. Should we move on to the next one? So the next one is fear. <gasps> ah. Ah. Um, so there's lots of different reasons that dogs are afraid of things like a lot of the most common ones that you hear people talking about are fireworks, thunderstorms. Some people say like, um, you know, the mailman or dudes with beards and hats and stuff. That one I don't, I don't quite get, but it is a common one. Like a common. It is. Yeah. Like people always talk about that. I'm not sure why that is, but anyways. And in the um, show that I'm watching this guy, when he approaches the dog or comes into the, the owner's house, he says it himself, like, I'm going to take off my hat. Mm-hmm. So I don't oh, really? seem as scary. Yeah. Oh, I wonder what he yeah. does with hats. Because I wonder, like, because ladies wear, like, super huge hats sometimes, too. Like, you know, like, the super wide, yes. like, brimmed hats. Like, wonder. And I don't know. But maybe it's, like, the the whole voice thing again, too. So Could the be. most com- common things that dogs are afraid of, like I said, are those things, sound, certain sounds. And, again, like, the fireworks. 
I was telling Vero a little earlier that my friend uh, Michelle with her dog Nikita was super afraid of skateboards. Like that's very yeah. random. Very random. Um, cars that drive by, if a motorcycle drives by. So what I will say is th- the best thing to do with your dog to avoid these fears of different things is to expose them to a variety of different sounds. So if, especially like, so let's say you're getting a dog and you live in the downtown area, I would from day one, start taking your dog outside and, and be calm, like just walk around. And if they're afraid of something, don't pay any attention to it. Don't humanize them when it comes to fear. So You're here's like, oh, another. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Like like a big, let's say a, a big motorcycle goes by and the dog freaks out and is like clawing at you and everything like that. Don't be like, oh, poor baby, and like pet them and and scrush their face and oh, because you're rewarding a behavior that you don't want. Yes. So you either don't acknowledge at all, or you you correct the behavior like a no, and then they learn that you're their lead and that if you're not afraid, there's no reason for them to be afraid. So if you're like, oh, ah, or you're afraid of something, the, the chances are that the dog's going to pick up on that because they are, they're very sensitive to even like human behavior. Yeah. So if, are. you know, if the door opens and I scream because somebody's coming in, they're going to be very anxious as well and, and stuff like that. Although mm-hmm. this is a very neat story too, or they might be protective of you. I, I was going to babysit or no, what was it? I was going to pick up Molly my friend's dog to, to dog sit for them. And I forget why I had Becky with me, but anyways, so I was going up to my friend Mark's house and I always go in through their backyard, through their back door. So I open up the door and I thought I expected Molly to be inside, but his daughter had come home and opened this. I think I, did I tell this story on the show already? I, I no. may have, but anyways, when I opened the door to the backyard, I didn't expect to see Molly there. And she, and Molly loves me and gets excited when I, when I come over. And so Molly jumped and it scared me. So I, I screamed and Becky grabbed her by the throat and pinned her to the ground. <laughs> oh, Becky. I know. And I, I didn't like, and I was like, no, 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 like, it's okay. Everybody's happy. Like, but at the same time, it like, that was sort of like, Almost like she didn't hurt Molly. She just like Molly scared me and Becky reacted the, the way she did in, in that situation. And if anything, it was probably a good thing because, you know, she's being protective of me. But anyways, um, so, yeah, fear. You don't want to humanize them. You don't want to reward a bad behavior. And you have to be mindful of your lifestyle and what the dog is potentially going to be exposed to. If you work at, uh, if you're getting a dog and you live close to a farm or you live on a farm, you want to expose them to the animals around the farm. You don't want them yes. being afraid of the tractor when it starts up. If you live, um, or if you plan on going to the fireworks or doing fireworks on all your holiday weekends and stuff with your dog there, expose them to it at the very beginning. So like the very first May 2-4 weekend or, you know, flag day or Christmas or New Year's <laughs> or whatever that you're doing, uh, bring your dog with you and and mon- and just train them. So And a, a good way to avoid fear of any kind, and we're going to be talking about this on another episode, is socialization. So just exposing them to it right out the get-go. Yes. And although it's not the same, you can always play a video of all those sounds in your house. You can play a video as a start off point. Yeah. Yep. Or even if you live with other people or if like, you know, your father or your brother or whatever wants to come around wearing a hat and a beard and walking into your house, practice that and get the dog used to it. Put them in a sit, stay position, tell them to lay down and, and keep them in it as the person enters your house. 
ring, ring the doorbell if you don't want them super anxious whenever somebody's coming to your house or when you're expecting a delivery like you know and you know if, and you know it's coming around a certain time like if, let's say every time you order uber eats and you know somebody's going to come walking up to the door you know exactly when they're going to be coming up to your door bring your dog to the front and 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 train them not to be reactive or scared or or whatever it is so um i will say that right out the get-go now we're talking about puppies and exposing them right at the beginning if you do a rescue and they have fears to certain behaviors again work with them within their behaviors like if you like you said you have a sit stay you have a lay down if you have a place and i think we talked about place so place for me and my dogs in my household means i want you to go lay down somewhere i don't care if it's your dog bed although that's the most common place for us if it's the couch in the front room or whether it's uh, the crate or whether it's uh you know under the desk you just say place when i point to somewhere and say place to my dogs, that means they go and they lay down there until I release them, until I say, okay, and they're able to come off. So that's a very hand, handy tool to use. So if you were to rescue and they know the basic sit stay or you have like a, a leash or whatever, uh, again, expose them to these things and and correct the behavior. And that's the way. Now, if you're struggling and you've tried everything under the sun to correct their behaviors around fear or wh whatever it is, there are other things that are uh, other options available to you. I would say that they should be some of the last ones that you use, but it's medication. So like a lot of places when you go online looking at how to correct a, a fear-based behavior, um, they'll say, you know, talk to your veterinarian, talk to your veterinarian. There's medications and you hear about dogs that have to take anxiety pills, like for, yes. <laughs> you know, eat for a variety of reasons, whether it be fear, whether it be whatever. Um, I know that there's, um, C CBD oil, like pure CBD oil is safe to use on pets. So you can try that to see if that chills them out a little bit, helps them just relax a bit more. But I would start with, uh, like I said, correction of the behavior and, and leave meds to the last option. Obviously that's my personal opinion, take it or leave it. But, um, I, I think you owe it to your animal to, and as a responsible dog owner to work with them through it first. Absolutely. But the worst thing you can do is reward the behavior because then it will be an ongoing problem. And mm -hmm. I've had friends with hounds where like in the worst of storms, they're howling literally all through the night and shaking and barking and howling and howling and howling. And they're just like, Aww. yeah, my cousin had that. And she was just like, oh, no sleep last night, bad storm. And uh, I forget what her dog's name was, but anyways, he would just howl and wake them up and so anxious and stuff. And but like the the worst thing you can do, I think there's like thunder jackets you can get, like anxiety jackets that they have. Yes. Where it just holds them a bit and makes them feel Yeah, that like would be safe. something, something but, to try. But to me, it's like, why not just correct it like right out the get-go? Like yeah. work, work with them through it, you know? You know I know saying? my parents um, adopted a dog from one of my dad's coworkers. They couldn't take care of the dog anymore. I was a golden retriever. Her name was Sandy. And she was terrified of storms. Like she knew a storm was coming an hour before it started. Wow. And she would like dig in the corner of the living room, like just trying to dig a hole. Oh my God. Like a small space to hide yeah, in. It's pretty sad. Oh, poor dog. And doggos. at that time she was seven. Um, and then she developed epilepsy after that. But oh yeah, like God. she knew a storm was coming. 
Wow. Like an hour before it even started, like it was still sunny outside and we're like, oh, the storm is coming. <laughs> and and like, and obviously like, like all the stuff that we talk on here, there's always exceptions to the rule. There's a bazillion different dogs out there with different personalities and different reasons. But I would say explore through the, the different reasons. Start with trying to correct it. If that's not going well, then yeah. maybe start looking at other like and Google search it and see what people different people tried and saying mm -hmm. think oh yeah maybe i'll try that maybe i won't you know else so yeah that's fear for you the next one we next said is one accidentes oh, accidentes. oh, oh do you want to go bork okay you go borking next borking borking so borking uh the one that could be annoying to your neighbors <laughs> they might complain about it uh it could be happening while you're at work and you don't even know uh, so there's reasons why a dog would be barking. So he wants something or either wants to play, wants to go outside. And then your dog could be barking because they're bored. They have nothing better to do. So your dog needs mental and physical exercise. They could be, they could see something outside like a watchdog bark to alert you that something is outside. Either something went by like a bicycle or they see another dog outside. And Heidi, you kind of touched on this already. They could be barking because they are spooked. Um, they see something that is threatening to them. And you need, like you said, you need to help your dog overcome that fear. Mm -hmm. And it is not by comforting your dog because that comfort, uh, that is affection reward. is like a reward. It becomes positive reinforcement. So you need to expose your pet to the fear, like in a controlled environment, and to lead by example, and I think like you said this, if you seem like you're scared of something, then your dog will learn to be scared of that thing too. Another reason why your dog would be barking, and this, I think we're going to talk about this on another episode, is separation anxiety. So that barking comes also with chewing up items, walls, door frames. Uh, it's running around the house barking. I find barking like is is one of those like there's it's not a black or white issue right like it's just yeah. like an, an example of this is like my my husband is a teacher so he works in an environment with kids every day where they're yelling they're screaming there's like a lot of no it's a very noisy in, environment whereas I work in a very quiet environment so I'm using this sort of like as a as an example when we sit at the table and my kids are like are, are yelling and screaming at each other I can't tolerate it I'm like guys stop, not at the dinner table like quiet down like but when they were younger and stuff and like you know if they start goofing around and horsing around I had a way lower tolerance for it than my husband did and yeah. you'll find the same with barking right like so some like you'll go and hang out with a friend with a dog where it's just like they bark at every single thing that goes by the house and they are they bark all of a sudden for no reason at all like my sister's dogs oh my god it's like non-stop barking and some people are like well whatever like dogs bark but other people are just like oh my god like <laughs> no that would be a big no for me and I could not have a yapper and you know, and there's, there's, there's the, I, I'm okay with a, a bark to alert that. Yeah. There's somebody. Oh going yeah. By. So if they sure. go like, if they go like bark once, but, but if they're like, like, like non, nonstop to me, it's important that my dogs listen. So if they're barking like that, then I say like, Hey, or no. And then they stop. But if they don't yeah. stop and they bark right through and they're not respecting again, like your command, then, then you need to work on it. Yes. And Wiggum wasn't a barker either. He would bark to go outside. 
And if somebody rang the doorbell or knocked at the door, he'd do like this, like, oof. Oof. See, when my doorbell rings, they bark. Like Gibbon barks and runs to the front door and then sits. Because and Becky and Becky <laughs> just good. doesn't care. Becky totally doesn't care. Like she just will lay down and be like, yeah, whatever. Unless she whatever. hears my dad's voice, and then it's like, oh my god, cottage time. And then she barks <laughs> like a maniac. And there's nothing I can do to control it because my dad's literally standing there going, who wants to go to the cottage? Who wants to go to the cottage? Who wants to go for a walk? Who wants to go for a walk? And he's like encouraging it, and I can't. Uh, my my dad, I can't train. The dogs have gone well. My dad, you need, not so you need much. to throw your dad a bunker. <laughs> I do. Dad, Swack no. Him. <laughs> not a dish towel though. <laughs> He's gonna get the no. actual newspaper <laughs> right in the butt. But um, yeah, barking is uh, it's it's different things to different people, right? Yes. But if if it's a nuisance to you, ultimately you want your dog listening to you. Yeah. Right. Yes. You can bark, but when I say shush la bouche, <laughs> it's time to be quiet. Yes. Oh, yeah. So what can we, you do to correct barking? We talked about it earlier. We did. Or like on, on another episode, Vero made a prototype. Are you guys ready for this? Yep. <laughs> a can monster. The can monster. Can monster. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I don't know where I got that um the title from mm -hmm. but when I had Wiggum Wiggum was a counter surfer so what I did and I think I read about it in like I don't know if it's Labrador Retrievers for Dummies or something or I read it online you put coins in a can and when your dog does something like a behavior that you don't want you shake the can it creates a loud noise and it just startles them and barking, I think people use it fairly often, frequently for, for yes. barking. Yes. You shake the can like super loud. So they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it stops and they're like, what the heck was that? Or yeah. Like, I heard it called penny, uh, penny bottle also. Okay. Yeah. Mm hmm But yeah. Like, so yeah, either correct it and you can use a variety of different things such as can monster or again, leash. Leash is a good communication mm -hmm. tool. Yes. Specific kinds of leashes. Yes. But um, and have that word. Like, I know you go like, eh, eh. yeah, I do. Uh, uh, uh. That they know. They know yeah. that's a no. Yes. It's a no, no. Stop the borking. A Please, no, for no. the love of God, stop the borking. <laughs> All right. Was I going to talk about accidents next? Accidents. Accidents. House accidents. So. When I got Becky, and this was pre my experienced dog training days, she kept peeing in her house in the same spot mm -hmm. in my son's room, my son who who was playing with her all day. And I heard about this before, and I don't know like where I heard it from, but I've seen it in a variety of different places is that they'll often go and like have their accident and the person that pays them like the most attention in, in, in their space. Why is that? I, I don't know that. I don't know. I don't know if it's a comfort thing or like, or there, or maybe like Maddox wasn't a dominant. So maybe that's the safest place for her to go. Cause he, he was so young at the time. Like, like my, my younger son yeah. Maddox was like three years old. Right. And loved playing with her, would throw the ball with her, would pet her, would spend all his time with her, but never corrected her because he's like three. Right. So she's like, I'm going to go pee in Maddox's room. <laughs> he won't mind. He loves me. Like that's me. Maybe that's what it was. I don't know. But every day she was peeing 
I, I didn't know what to do. I'm cleaning his room constantly. I had professional cleaners in and it was getting to the point where I said to my husband, like, I, I don't know if I can do this much longer. She's just going to ruin our house. And I would, I tried rubbing her nose in it and throwing her outside. I caught her like mid act one time and literally grabbed her by the scruff of the neck and took her outside and was like, no, like outside and like left her out there for like, you know, an hour. And, uh, I, and it just still kept reoccurring. And then it wasn't until, um, somebody told me and this was the good way to handle it and it's sort of what you do with a puppy too like as we mentioned in one of our training episodes is you have to take them outside you have to stay with them you have to have food on board and you have to reward the pee pee behavior so when she go outside with her and this is what we had to do and it's super time consuming when you have a young family you just want to be able to you just want the dogs to do what you want them to do but if you're not Mm -hmm. willing to put in the work you're not going to get the behavior that you want. So I I was just like, I remember um, another a friend of the family's whose wife was a, like a professional dog trainer. He said, Heidi, the only way to do it is you have to go outside. You have to wait for her to go and you have to reward the behavior. That's the only way you have yeah. to do it. He's like, I know it sucks and I know it's time consuming. So that's what I did with her and no more PP accidents in the house. But having said that, um, there's a variety of different reasons why you might get an accident in your house. Again, like some of the other behaviors that we mentioned, fear. So if nobody's home and there's a big storm and your dog's scared, poopless of like thunder <laughs> thunderstorms, you may come home to an accident because they- Thunder poop. A thunder poop. A thunder pee. <laughs> thunder poop with showers. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, it, it also could be something wrong with their health. So it could be that they have a UTI. So if you like you have a dog and you've been accident free for a while now, all of a sudden every day you're coming home and there's and there's urine on your floors, you may want to take them to the vet and check it out. Try to get a sample in there because yes. it could be that they have a UTI and that that's what's bothering them. Um, they're um, my, a friend of mine got a golden retriever puppy and she was just telling me about this on the weekend um they were trying to train him and stuff and then all of a sudden he started she called it dribbling so he was literally a constant leak and he would walk up the hall and there would be drip 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 behind him and they were just like what the heck like what is going on here and they just like couldn't figure it out and they were trying to take him outside make him like they're like is it just that he's not emptying his bladder fully like what the heck's going on here when they took him to the vet it turned out he had a massively inflamed kidney and then the other one was normal but the ureter was not attached to the kit the normal kidney so he required like a major surgery that cost them i'm sure a kajillion dollars but he was fine ever since like so you just have to think like when if you're noticing something out of the normal and yeah and be patient with them like don't go come home and punish them right away maybe because you don't know whether it's like a uti or not you like if it keeps Mm -hmm. happening then then be like okay what the heck because like um i've heard stories of where like you know you come home and the dog just looks so guilty at the front door right like and you know when you come (laughs) in you're just like oh god they've got like the guilty face on like oh my god and then like you find the accident and you're just like what the heck and then they're just like oh god oh god she knows (laughs) (laughs) and they're worried about being punished because they know that they're not supposed to right so like if if that's happening it's got like if you have a perfectly trained dog and all of a sudden you're getting accidents out of nowhere i would i would tend to think that it's it's either a fear-based thing something happened when you weren't there or it's a health issue of some kind. Yes. So agreed. 
before you go uh, correcting and, you know, like zapping or leashing or can monstering, (laughs) (laughs) think about why this might be happening. But in terms of a dog that is continuously going inside the house, like you have to put in the training. You have to take them out and reward the behavior every time. Take them out, reward, take them out, reward, and then attach the word to it. Peepees, peepees. When I let my dogs out at night, I said this before, and they're taking their sweet time. I say, hey, peepees. And then they go peepees and time to go back in and everybody goes to bed. So, yes. and that's, that's, that's what you want, right? If my, if my dogs at this point in time started having accidents in the house, I would know it was a health issue because I've had no accidents in years since Becky yeah. got, since Becky got corrected, since we managed her peepees behavior. And once they start, if, especially if you have carpets or something, sometimes it's the scent of it too, right? They're like, oh, yes, they go back yeah, to I'm the same here. spot. It, and it was the same spot in Maddox's room like every time. Yeah. So eventually she stopped. Yeah. Wiggum never, I think he pooped once in the house and that was like the day that I got him. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was always health related. Yeah. You know, some people more tolerant than others or whatever. But for me, that was that was a boundary for me. Like, I cannot have a dog that urinates and poops in in, in my house. Like, I just can't. So if you have a poop eater, you might just never know. (laughs) (laughs) A self-cleaning dog. Yes. Call him Roomba. Roomba. Pumba. (laughs) Pumba. (laughs) That's terrible. That's terrible. All right. What you got next next there, girl? Biting. Mm. That's a big one. Yep. Barking is annoying. Yep. Biting is ouchy. It's ouchy and troublesome. Yes. Potentially costly. Yes. (laughs) So when you get your puppy, you really want to teach your puppy uh, bite inhibition. So that's you're teaching your dog how to control the force or the pressure of their mouthing. So if your puppy bites you, like just even if it's play biting and it's too hard, there's different ways to go about this. So one of the ways would be to uh, yelp loudly and then stop playing, like leave the room. Another way to do to correct your dog would be to, and I think we've said this in a previous episode, would be to you stick um, your thumb Mm -hmm. down your dog's mouth or not throat, but but you know, on far the bottom enough part. for it to yeah. be uncomfortable. And what I did with Wiggum was that I would take Wiggum's cheeks and I would press them in so that when he was biting, he was biting his own cheeks to make it uncomfortable. When you teach your dog bite inhibition, if he is to bite somebody with force, apparently they bite not as hard as they would usually. Um, so reasons why your dog would be biting possessiveness or guarding so either your dog has a toy or he's eating his food or even they're human or property um we've seen that like people approaching dogs like their food bowl and then they bite um out of possessiveness Mm -hmm. so when you get your puppy make sure that you play in their food just to show them like it's okay like you're not taking it away take some food in your hand feed it to your puppy Um, And also teaching your dog wait for their food. So you want your dog to sit. And as you're putting the food bowl down, uh, you want him to you want your dog to remain in that sit until you tell them that it's okay to eat. And like I said, make sure to play in the food bowl. I think 
I think that's important, especially like when you're getting a puppy. I know I did that with Wiggum and I did that when my parents had their, when we had a puppy with my parents, we also did that and we never had any issues um, like taking food away. I just want to clarify it just for people who may not know. Guarding um, is um, a dog showing uh, being possessive about sometimes it's humans, sometimes it's objects, sometimes it's their possessions, like their toys, their bed, their whatever. And for me, it was really important to not tolerate guarding of any kind. So again, if like yes. with with a puppy... Yeah, it's very different between a rescue, like in a puppy. If you're rescuing mm -hmm. like an adult dog, this has been like a lifetime like of behaviors and you have to go about it a bit more carefully because it's already there and they, they very well may bite you. But with a puppy, I never tolerated them guarding anything. And the way to even prevent this aggressive behavior or from them guarding uh, everything is is to always like like take their toys away from them, give it back to them again take yes. it away give it back to them and and if there's no like then you say good and you reward that behavior if they're not reacting to it but like even like gibbon who i did that with from a young age and same thing the the behavior around food so sitting waiting for your food while they're eating going in and moving the bowl to a different like to ask them to stop sit move the bowl to a different spot in the kitchen like doing that in the very beginning helps prevent any type of aggressive behavior around food because food's a big one with dogs i find yes i or if I, they're chewing on a yummy bone yep the mm. yummy bone or treat or whatever you tell them to stop like you say leave it teach the leave it command and take it away from them and if they're like totally fine with it good and you give it back to them give and it you back. Do the, it's just and showing them that that's not necessarily yours yeah. And, and you don't get to bite me if I try, choose to take that away. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm the boss here and you don't get to be aggressive with anybody about yeah. any, about anything. And even like Gibbon, who I did that with, and Gibbon is a, a very, um, uh, he is not an aggressive dog at all. Uh, but when we were at my mother-in-law's just this summer um, at, at the pool outside, she has Gracie, another dog. They've played together. They've known each other since they were both puppies. And Gibbon found a bone somewhere in the backyard and was chewing it. And when Gracie came, he gave the upper lip and a bit of a snarl. And I, I pounced on it. I was like, no. And I grabbed the bone. I took it away and I gave it to Gracie actually. And I just said, no. And I kept him in a lay down. Mm -hmm. And then there there wasn't an issue like the rest of the night. The bone went back and forth when one dog didn't have it. They like they yeah. play that that game with each other, right? Like, oh no, I even if you give them both a bone, they're like, no, I don't want this bone. I want the bone that she's having. <laughs> like, <laughs> and they piss each other off, right? And and that's like an instance where it's like you don't want them annoying other dogs either, because yeah. See, Wiggum was so submissive that, like, if there was another dog. And you would like throw a bone or a toy. He would like go for it for like a millisecond, and then he would back off because he's like, ugh, like like he was yeah. scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if the other dog wasn't even aggressive, he'd be like, oh, well, oh, no. <laughs> so I, I think guarding is something to look out for because I even my husband as a child they had a Jack Russell Terrier and my um, father-in-law is in a wheelchair and this dog was very protective of my father-in-law and to the point where he would be aggressive if you went to go and try to touch him if, and the dog didn't want you to or whatever and they had mm -hmm. to get rid of they had to get rid of the dog because you know, he had, he was a quadriplegic and had healthcare workers. So they had people coming in and out of the home and you just can't have an aggressive dog in a situation yeah. like that. 
Another thing that they can be possessive about that people might not think of is their bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, not with not with my own dogs, but with other dogs. Like you're approaching their bed and they just growl. Sometimes they can be like like kids though. Like if they have their original toy from a puppy, <laughs> and that's like their to- their toy. And some yeah. people are like, I've I've visited friends' houses where it's just like you can take anything else, but you can't take like. <laughs> <laughs> that toy because that's like his toy or whatever <laughs> and I don't know I like I, I'm like okay that I guess that's reasonable but at the same time I'd rather have a dog that is not possessive or guarding anything of anything yeah at all yeah I agree mm-hmm. um another reason why a dog might bite and that's a little bit out of your control is pain yeah yeah so just staying away from the sore areas so you would think that maybe your dog is biting. It can make it seem like your dog is biting for no apparent reason, but really they're in pain. Like if their hips are hurting and you're going to sit beside your dog on the couch and it might just like move the couch a little bit and put the pressures in different areas, uh, they might growl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be. That's a good one. Yeah. I didn't even think of that one, but it's true. Yes. Pain is a big one. I remember we had a hamster once and it broke its foot somehow or whatever. And he was like the sweetest little hamster. But after his, his foot was swollen and everything like that, you, you'd go to try to pick him up or handle him. You couldn't, he would bite you. And it's because he was in pain. Yeah. Hamster kicked the bucket. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another reason, prey drive. And Heidi, you talked about this a little bit already. So chasing animals, chasing bicycles chasing porcupines <laughs> gibbs got porcupined everybody by the way a couple of weekends <laughs> ago at the cottage lots of money yeah yeah um and this is a hard one because when they get into prey drive their only focus is that moving object and it's hard to snap them out of it mm-hmm. so some behavioral exercises that you can do is maintain ask your dog to maintain eye contact with you so say your dog's name move your arms and Heidi you mentioned this earlier um, while we were together put some treats in your hands and say I don't know Gibbon and then while he's looking at you he's still looking at you you go like good and then you give him a treat and then again you hold the treats out wide apart, like do your whole arm span length and with a treat in each hand, because he's going to be looking at the food, but that yes. teaches him to focus on you when you're talking to him. So I taught the look at me command. So when I can say to Gibbon, look at me, and and, and as soon as he looks at me, he gets the reward. Yes. Look at and me. You can, yeah. Yeah. And you can do that with by increasing distractions too. Yeah. Another thing that I read online that you could do is put your dog on a very long leash and go to the park and let them walk around. And as soon as your dog looks at you, praise your dog for just looking at you. On to another reason why your dog might be biting, and we talked about this already, is fear. So usually towards uh, strangers, they're startled, they feel like they're threatened. So again, we're going to talk about this on our next episode, but just to make sure to socialize your dog when they're a puppy and expose your dog to various types of situations, sounds, different dogs, different people, like you said, like beards, hats. And like I mentioned, play those sounds in the background when you're at home. Play fireworks, play trains, uh, bus station sounds. 
motorcycles motorcycles tractor starting up and anything skateboards skateboards <laughs> skateboards skateboards yeah yeah, and we actually, we recently saw on the news that since COVID-19, there's been an increase in dog bites for a number of reasons, and one being an increase in home deliveries. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like, like you said, it's like the mailman mm-hmm. showing up at your door and your dog is outside and either they don't see the dog, but your dog just charges at them and bites them what what's what surprised me was my sister used to work for the mail company here in the city and when as part of her training and they give to each one of their delivery people is they give them pepper spray for dogs that's yeah. how common it is it's wow. crazy that a company would like hand that out but it, it you know you think of it as one of those like uh, almost like an old wives tale like oh the dog and the mailman and chasing the mailman but it is it's a stranger approaching your home and depending on the dog's level of training there they can act very aggressively towards you and she and she said sometimes like because there's different there's some people have a mailbox some people have the slot in the door and she said like yes she was going to put it in and there was like a g-shop on the other side that was like (laughs) she was like "Ah!" (laughs) yeah that would startle you yeah you might you might have an accident (laughs) (laughs) yep so essentially they had a lawyer on the news to answer some questions and the lawyer mentioned that under the dog owner liability act the owner is responsible for their dog's actions the owner is responsible for their dog's actions yep sometimes it can be actually i didn't know this that it can be covered under homeowners insurance I don't know if that was something new to you, Heidi, but I did it not was, know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. And it go, it's case by case. So um, they were mentioning like if a dog is actually provoked or if somebody was trespassing on your property uh, to commit a crime and got bit- bitten, um, the charges might be different. But all in all, it's the owner that's responsible yeah. for the dog's actions. So train your dogs, people. Train your dogs. Yep. Yes. yes. And if your dog bites, don't leave them out on the porch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. If you don't like, bring yeah, them if, to the dog park. Nope. Don't, don't walk them off leash. <laughs> nope. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Use your common sense. Use your common sense. Yes. All right. Anything else about the biting? So. Uh, the last one we we're going to talk about is dogs running away, or we, as I like to call it, the door dash. So um, dogs not having any recall. So if you're going to, if you plan to let your dog off leash, you should, they should have a good recall so that when you call them back, they come to you and they listen to you, no matter what the distraction might be. Another dog, a squirrel running through the park or whatever and you can try to do this like again from training right out the get-go and um trying to manage that behavior but there's also tools and stuff that can help you do that because certain breeds of dogs certain personalities of dogs um are going to be more difficult to recall huskies everybody knows they are Mm -hmm. very common for running away they like to run away their instinct just kicks in and they just take off they take off oh my god i had a friend who had a husky yeah. And he was always like 
It's like, oh, North ran away. <laughs> yeah. And then oh, yeah. they would find him. Well, our, uh, Matt's neighbors from back in the day, they had a husky named Big Mac. He was like this big fat Aww. husky. He <laughs> was so cute. And um, and he ran away and never came back. No. And you don't know, right? Like what if they get hit by a car or they whatever? Yeah. That, like that, the husky's instinct, I think, is like one of the most hyper-drived like instincts in, in dogs, I think. Like they all have that, right? But anyways... Um, so yeah, and I, I have tons of people who like you open the door and out goes the dog and now you're chasing a dog around your neighborhood. And, um, so for the door dashes and runawayers, like I said, you start with your training at the get go. Vero mentioned this one where it's like, you want them attentive to you. So you go to the park with the long leash. I did this with Gibbs with a prong collar. So I attached his prong collar to a super long leash and we'd go out and I'd let him wander off. Like as far as the leash would go, I think I got like a, like a, I can't even remember how long it was. It was like meters and meters long though. So he could be far away. And then I would say, Gibbon come. And if he, and if he didn't do it, I'd say, nope. And then you apply pressure to the leash. And then when he starts walking in your direction, then you release that pressure. So you give him that yes. uncomfortable feeling because he's not listening to you. As soon as he starts walking towards you, you release good. And that's when you say good, good boy, good boy. And then again, if he gets distracted to sniff something else or a squirrel runs by, you say, Gibbon, come. If he doesn't, no, Gibbon, no. Apply pressure on the leash. And as soon as he starts doing what you want him to, walking towards you, good, good boy. And then when he gets to you, yay, good boy, good boy. And treats, treats, or I say treats, but... For, for me, it was um, hand-fed dog food. So it was half of his portion of yeah. the day, if you can remember, as we mentioned earlier. So his dog food, and I would hand-feed him. Yay, good boy, good boy. So that's a good one. In terms of door dashing or running away or any of that, another big thing that I did with Gibbon, and I'm so glad I did it, and people think it's, it's, a, it's a stupid thing because it just seems so si simple and trivial, but is thresholds. So yes. thresholds is any type of door or or area that they're crossing into so let's say like you don't want your dog in the kitchen what like while while you're cooking so that doorway is a threshold any doorway in in can be a threshold and going outside any street crossing any like area anything a, a gate that you need to open to get into the park is a threshold so it starts right out at the crate so when gibbs was a puppy and I'd go to let him out in the morning. I would open the door. If he went to charge out, I would slam the door in his face. Nope. Wait. Open Slowly open the door again. And if he tries to charge out again, nope. And slam the door in his face. And then he would sit there. And then I'd open the door. And then when he would sit there calmly and wait, I would use the word that I use for release, which in our household is okay. So I go, okay. And then take and then let him out. And then again, at the patio door. If he goes to charge, you open the door. And if he goes to charge out, no, close the door. Mm -hmm. You go to open the door again. If he goes to charge out, no. And that like, uh, and so now my dogs know they sit calmly at the door. When we go to go for a walk. And again, with exception of my father, <laughs> <laughs> when I go to take them for a walk, I, I, they hear me grab the leashes and they come up to my front door and they sit there and I 
I'm able to put on the leash without them jumping and barking or doing the tap dance, like you said, and like moving all over the place so that you can, you're trying to wrestle the collars onto them. It just makes it such a chore to even go out what you have to do like every day, like go to the park. You don't want to be chasing your dog or wrestling them at the front door. So they come, they sit, I put their leashes on and they sit there and I open the door to outside and they're still sitting. And then uh, when I say, uh, and then I even step out the door first and then I say, okay, and then they come with me. If we, and when we go to cross the street, they know you sit at the sidewalk and, and so that there's no cars or anything. And then I say, okay. And then we go and we walk across the street and then our park is right across the street. So thresholds is such a big one to do. And, and, and you practice, like I said, right out the get go, have their, like when you're training in the beginning as a puppy, or if you're training, even with a new dog, anytime, like you're going to leave the home, don't let them charge out the door in front of you. And when you're coming back from the walk, same thing. When we come back, they notice sit their butts down on front of the door and I go into the house first. And then I say, okay. And then they come in and guess what? They sit down. I take off their leashes and, th- and then they do get an actual treat. I have liver bites at the front door and it's to, and it's to give them a treat after like they yeah. behaved so well. Okay. You've oh, done everything I, can't I wait said. I to get my puppy. I know. I know. Right. <laughs> it's have rewarding. I said that already? <laughs> it's very rewarding when, when you put in the work and then your dog behaves the way you want them to, and they connect with you and you share that connection and yes. you share that bond and they're looking at you and they know, and it gets to the point where you don't have to say, okay, sit, like you're, you look at them a certain way and they're like, oh God she wants fine (laughs) I'll sit and then like they sit because they know now we're going to go out on a walk together or now I get to go outside and sniff around or now I get to leave my crate and roam freely around the house thresholds man thresholds are and I'll get there faster if I behave do what I'm supposed to do if I do what she wants me to do exactly exactama so I think that wraps it up for our most common behaviors episode. Yes. And uh, we'll see you next week on Let's Boop Snoots. Let's Boop Snoots next week. Boop. Boop. Rewind. Okay. <laughs> and then there's a. <laughs> Sorry. It's like I blanked. That's okay. I was just right. thinking, like, how would you correct that? <laughs> I can help you. You can take me in at any time. <laughs> you can just ignore it until it stops. Okay.